Before we begin, we want to acknowledge the horrific events happening in Ukraine. Our hearts and prayers are with the Ukrainian people, and we also want to acknowledge the countries that are assisting the Ukrainian refugees. Jackie, what is your phone off? It is All off. right, just checking. It's not off. It's on silent. Okay, that's all I want. Okay. Is yours? Yeah, mine is, but I'm the one who checks on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's your job. You're the teacher. I know. And then before we leave, I got a reminder to turn it on. Yes. Be like, where's my phone? I can't find it because Gina told me to turn it off. That's how you sound in my that's head. That's because I return messages. She's a lot Something you guys don't know anything about. What? What? I don't oh, wanna... we return messages. I return messages. You do. She's this lo- one. I, I return messages. She first, lives first, with you. I know. First, first of all, that is the other thing. Like, we do live together, and like, she'll be like, "You were at work, and you didn't message me at all today, or like, didn't respond to any of my messages." I'm like, "If it's that important, call me." Like, <laughs> you don't I mean, answer. Work, you I don't work answer. You. All young people her age. Yeah. She answers me when I call. That is not true. All young people don't, because oh. I have a. a whole team of young people and they all respond but you're this the, boss. Is the only one yeah you're the boss yeah so. but i'm her boss too she doesn't respond i do too respond and no, most it's not and just listen, me though and it's, it's not, not just me that. she doesn't respond to anyone that is true but yeah see now she admitted it it's no so she annoying. will respond to me i respond I've, I've been getting better at it she is mm-hmm. you are getting better i am getting better yeah at you it. are it's it the is. nooner show oh, are, you, are you done with our we weren't done bickering yes well we're done we have a therapist in the house so we actually have like we've got like a we got our session today Welcome to the Nooner Show. Here's your host, Jackie Wallace, Gina Guccini, and Rocky Wallace. Excellent. We have Liz Reed with us today. Very exciting. Jackie, Gina, and Rocky back with Liz. <laughs> back on the Nooner yes. Show. Back on the Nooner mm-hmm. Show. Remember, mm-hmm. like, subscribe, and follow. Ding. Yes. Yeah. Let's today's day 10 of a cleanse. I started wait, last week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Thank God it's almost ten days over. ago to be ten exact. Ten days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought the, like the headaches and the like. I was like, this should all be over, but I'm like tired as all hell today. And yeah. I'm like seeing. Coffee well, tell cups. them about the cleanse. No, no it's, don't. It's, oh, it's, it's <laughs> you go through this. How many? How many times do you do this cleanse? Like every I do quarter? It like, no, I do it like twice a year. Oh, twice a year. Yeah, like about mm-hmm. about, about twice a year. But it's no sugar, no caffeine, no no carbs. Okay, I no don't want to go on. Yeah, yes. <laughs> no, it's my mm-hmm. thought process. Oh. She asked me if I want to do no. it with her. I said, Hell nope. No. 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 So like the first three days are the worst because in the, for me it's a caffeine. Nothing else really gets to me like the caffeine does. It and is I amazing. Still can't because wait to have coffee. I cooked this amazing dinner yesterday it with breaded mm, fried was, chicken, mashed potatoes, corn salad. It was so. I'm sorry. Good. Was my invitation lost in the mail? <laughs> <laughs> Cornbread, and Whoa. she sat at the end of the table while the rest of us spot. ate, and she had just her plate of salad. Very disappointed. It was very I, hard. I, just, I was actually disappointed because I was like, I have one day left. You couldn't have waited until Tuesday. No, I'm not going <laughs> to no. work around your stupid clients. That's called pa- passive aggressive. <laughs> oh, oh, is it? <laughs> yes, that's what that is. Uh-huh. What, and me? our first yeah, topic today. <laughs> no, it's called I like good food and I'm not going to cleanse. So go yeah. cleanse somewhere else. She <laughs> made two of my favorite things. She made the chicken and then she yeah. made beef stew this week. Oh, and yeah, it, that was That's so good another too. one of my favorites. I was like, you're just doing this to be mean. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I cook. That's the way it goes. Yeah, that's how I. I, I that's how I comfort out in the cold weather is cooking. I love oh it. Yeah. yeah, I comfort mm-hmm. like that all the time. Yeah, that's my problem. Cook. 
Well, I have to I admit, though, you really are disciplined. I can't get over how I'm you can. On. Huh? It's the only thing I'm disciplined on. Well, well, but that's it, a tough it, one, but especially being you, in an environment that. You right. Know. And what makes you so disciplined on this? But you, and you right. said it yourself. That's the only thing I'm disciplined on. What makes yeah. you disciplined on this and not on returning your mother's messages or whatever? Fill um, in the blank, whatever. I, or paying I, your bills. I do feel like <laughs> I pay my bills. <laughs> A little late, but they're there. <laughs> no, but what what makes you disciplined I, I about this? I think it's the one that. thing I feel like I have complete control over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's just really not any outside forces that can like sway mm-hmm. me or whatever. But there are a lot of temptations, and you don't. Yeah, but that's uh, just like it's it's the one thing it. that like that is 100 percent my control. I don't have to wait for anybody. I don't have to like and drink Tap my and little water, lemon water. Yeah, yeah when and it's there's just nothing that's gonna like. That can like, you know what I mean? Like in so many other situations, there's just outside factors that just well, like. Don't you think it's because it's so important to you too? It's just something that's so important to you. Yeah, it's important to, to me. And I just, I don't know too. It's like, I'm getting, I'm, I'm not my future kids. Like I want to be in these routines, like before I'm even thinking of that. There's and something. There's nothing I want to tell you. Okay. I'm on my period right now. I'm miserable okay. right now. Okay. That's what I'm going to tell you. So, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dance over there. Okay. Maybe that's yeah, why you're no. not returning calls. <laughs> we live together, honey. That'd be a little hard to hide. But yeah. <laughs> we have Liz Reed with us today, who is a longtime show guest and fan favorite. She's Thank a you. psychotherapist, and that's who's joining in in our our conversation about. Rocky and her cleanse, yep. yes, and, and the rest of the in our co- our, our you know dysfunctional mother daughter relationship that we have here. <laughs> and we currently <laughs> have a podcast on that, which yeah. was yeah. we Liz, currently have your podcast right there. No, we have. Yeah. She has two more appointments with the two of you. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I know. I don't think two is going to do it. Yeah. But we got to start somewhere. Okay. Glad That's to true. be back. Yes. by the way, we are glad. Thank to have you, you very back. much. Glad to be here. All right, we are getting into our favorite segment, What's the Wish, What's the Way, and What's in the Way. This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. And we can't bring back our show without first having a conversation with our house therapist, Liz Reed. Many of you know the highly respected therapist as a regular consultant on her show. Um, How many days ago, Gina? 784, you said? 784 days. Yes. Liz is a psychotherapist whose expertise is in the field of recovery and change. And like many success stories, her passion for helping others came from dealing with her own pain and suffering. Since her last visit on the Nooner Show in 2020, Liz has continued to heal uh, thousands of people around the country in addition, she's become a viral TikTok sensation and is the co-author of a soon-to-be-released book called Leave Your Shit Here. We'd like to welcome back Liz Reed to the Nooner Show on Podcast Nation. Thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> yeah, and the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. So a lot's been happening with you, Liz. Yes. Yeah, TikTok. Busy, Look at busy, you. Busy. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm trying to keep the rants down, but boy, I just find a couple of them that I have to, like, I try to do all mental health. But then, ever so often, someone pisses me off, and, and she, so and she loses her mental health. <laughs> you know that one that went viral. Yeah. I did not expect that to go crazy. And what like was that it? Tell all. us about it. It was about a transgender situation. I was in a grocery store with, uh, you know, my hair is short like this, right? Mm-hmm. So I was at a grocery store picking out my husband's Father's Day card, and an old man and his wife were there. And um, I live kind of out in the sticks, anyways, and. 
he was standing there staring directly at me. It was just the three of us. And he said, um, he said, you know, it's pretty soon anybody, no matter what they look like, short hair, they all think they're a man and they're not a man. You know, men, you'll be able to get a card for women who think they're men or, you know, blah, blah, blah. I just, and it was obvious he was talking about me. Right. And so, wait, and you, like, you were, your eyes are made up. Like, you, sure. there, there's yeah. no I, doubt. Yeah, that I had makeup on. Yeah, you, have ma- you had yeah. makeup on. So I don't think, I don't know what he thought I was. Okay. You know, I have no idea, but it was obvious. And his wife was scurrying around behind him, frightened, you know, and he's looking at me and I said, excuse me. You know, obviously this is bothering you, sir. I'm buying this card for my husband. We've been married 23 years. I am a woman, if it's any of your business, <laughs> you know. Oh and God. that kind of shit that you're talking here is why I treat patients in my office that are attempting suicide. Wow. Okay? Because who gives a shit if they're transgender or who they sleep with? Yeah. It's none of your business or mine. Just be nice. Oh, I, I didn't mean anything like that. I said, well, you meant exactly wow. what you meant. And his wife came running over. Oh, God, he's stupid. He doesn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. she said, you know stupid. What? Well, and you know what? It's not the first time he's done it. It's the first yeah. time he's oh, been yeah. called out on right. him. For, yeah. sure. She's, right. for sure. She's probably been calling, out him, calling yeah. him out all the time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But yeah. finally, he was... Called yeah. out by someone yeah. else. Yeah, he was really nasty. So he backpedaled. Oh, yeah. yeah, he did, because I schooled him hard. Okay, so now fast forward. You go on to TikTok. Yeah. This little situation happens. You go on to TikTok. <clears throat> yeah, and I only had and a your few. rant. Yeah, I only had a few videos on there, and then I was, it was just pissed me off so bad. I was just so pissed because there are so many young adults and and older that I see in my office that are like, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I hate myself for who I am. And especially in the politi- political environment we found ourselves in in 2016, people really thought their life was threatened. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I just was like, I can't take it. As you notice, I was sitting in my lingerie, which I talk about, which is hilarious, which is a man's <laughs> 3XL V-neck T-shirt. <laughs> okay, I have like 52 of them at home. I just rotate them out every day. My husband's like, sexy. I'm like, yeah, you yeah, got it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> 23 <laughs> years. Yeah, 23 years later, yeah. So I just, I was like, I got to do a TikTok on this. I got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. What happened with this old man? And so I did, and it just blew up. I was shocked. I had like 192,000 uh, wow. views yeah, within a, a couple of days. It what was kind crazy. of comments were you getting? Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for standing up for my son, my daughter, wow. my husband, my wife, my this, my that, my family member. Um, thank you for speaking out for us. Very rarely, I mean, I got maybe one or two negative comments where, oh, you look like a dyke. You know, oh, it's like, geez. okay, whatever. That's nice. But I just delete people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just delete them. I'm not going to engage. Right. I'm not going to fight with anybody. Mm-hmm. You're just a stranger. Right. You yeah. don't have profiles. You don't know anything about them. And I'm yeah. not, Isn't I'm it crazy the things that, and you do great posts mm-hmm. where you're, you're addressing topics, issues, and that are, that are important. Yes. And, you know, planned. Like we're yes. gonna talk about this, and then all of a sudden you you go on TikTok and you have a rant, and it blows up. Yeah, I know, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Uns- I know, unscripted, yeah. unscheduled. Oh yeah, unplanned. It is. It's it's usually it's- how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It's amazing on TikTok what people find interesting and want to talk about. And if people want to follow you, they can find you at Oh Liz Life Guru. Yes. And uh, what, what's your TikTok? On TikTok? Okay. It's, yeah, at Liz Life Guru on TikTok and um, on Psychology Today. I'm Liz Reed. Okay. R-E-E-D. Okay. 
Mm -hmm. Wow. That, well, that is awesome that you did that. And what's amazing to me is that you had the courage to go up to the guy and, yeah. and say something. Well, you know, that's, you know, I speak out, right? Oh, you do? <laughs> <laughs> that is part of my whole thing. But the other thing is, is that I don't like bullies. I never yeah. have. Never in my life. I, since I was in high school, I, uh, junior high, elementary school, I always had friends of all different diversities and um, backgrounds, and I just don't like people pick on people. I think it's horrendous. Let's go back to your backstory, because it yeah. has been a while since people have heard your story, and you have such an inspiring story of how you got to where you're at right now, so take us back. Well, not to get too far back. I mean, I don't know how far back you want to go, but I had a pretty tumultuous childhood. My father was killed when I was six years old, and that left my mother with five children um, to raise. My sister was out of the house, so four, let's say, three boys and me. Um, I graduated from school early, but had a lot of horrible self-esteem issues, really bad self-esteem issues, which created a lot of anxiety disorder. So as time went on, and I got a degree in culinary arts, um, Alcohol became my scapegoat. So I would use alcohol to cope with panic attacks that I was having. So I would have a drink, have a cocktail, or do a shot at work. I mean, when you're a chef, you can do whatever you want, right? I, you know, you just, just to calm me down. And then, it's, but I was functioning. So I worked for um, Sir Latav and Germain Monte. And uh, uh, Germain Monte was the cosmetic firm I worked for. I apologize. <laughs> um, Sir Latav and, um, and I was creating recipes and teaching culinary arts. Um, and so as time was going on, though, I met my husband, moved back to Arizona, moved to Arizona where he was, and he had a lot of baby mama drama, a lot of things going on. So like for two years, cocktail hour was getting earlier and earlier and earlier, and it was becoming a problem, a real problem. And um, no one said, you got to go to rehab, because I was still working, and there was no problem. So you were functioning. Functioning, totally functioning. So you didn't realize he had a problem. Uh, I knew I had a problem. Oh, you did? Okay. I, did I, did others around you think you were functioning? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because oh, okay. I was making a ton of money. I was okay. a chef. I was doing very, very well. And, um, but it was never, it was like, yeah, you know, I grew up in a family of hardcore drinkers. I mean, Irish Catholic family, cocktail right. hours at five o'clock. Everybody has drinks and, you know, that kind of thing. But anyways, I always knew that there was this huge void in my life. And I was held back in the first grade after my dad died because it was so emotionally traumatic for me. And um, that led me to believe that I was dumb. So that is where my key, you know, I always say when you're drinking, there's always something you go back to where you start feeling sorry for yourself, right? I call it crying in your beer. You know, there's always something that you're like, if I had just, I could have, I would have, and you know, that kind of thing. And um, so anyways, uh, as the drinking got a little worse and I started getting more stressed out, I said, I just, it's got to end. It's got to end. So I checked my into self into outpatient rehab and also into detox and release and that, so that I could quit completely and make sure it was done one time. Now, I, now was there something that uh, prompted that decision? No, not really. Okay. Just self-loathing. Mm. Let's, let's say that, self-loathing. Not liking how I felt about myself. Mm -hmm. Because like I say, my husband wasn't saying, you need to get sober. No one was saying anything to me about it. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I went to detox and release. I, I was also going to... Um, Can I a, ask what made you decide to 
check in to a rehab facility or just like, did you try and do it on your own? Or was it just something where you were like, I, this is past the point where I need help. This is, I had tried a couple of different times, just like slowing down and things like that. And that wasn't going to work. And so then I switched to wine. My friend said, switch to wine, Liz, quit drinking vodka. You'll be better. You know, (laughs) next thing you know, I got a box with a spigot on it. Okay. That's not working. All right. (laughs) Honest to God. And I'm like, Ooh, hit the box hard last night. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And this is a woman who did wine tastings for years and pairings with food and stuff. And I'm like, this is not me. I have so much more that needs to be done in my life. And I don't, this is not who I am. And I, it was just making me so depressed and hateful of my own self and self-loathing. And um, I was like, this is it. I remember looking at my drink and just going, this shit is poison. It is poison. And I don't ever want it in my body again. And I remember I was at my mother-in-law's house drinking a margarita with, you know, you can't see, but uh, this much, you know, tequila in it wow. and, a, and a float of, uh, <laughs> you know, a mix on top. And that was it. And I came out and I came out into the living room and I said, you know what? <laughs> I am going to go back to school and I'm quitting drinking. And that's what I'm doing. And everybody's like, okay, let's sit yeah. down. You know? I'm like, I swear to God, it's going to happen. And that following week, I my husband came home from work and I said, I'm ready to go to detox. Wow. I want to go to detox because I knew because I was a good alcoholic. I knew that if you quit drinking quickly, it's, you could go into a seizure and die. So I knew all oh. about it, yeah. And and so I was like, that's not going to, I want to make sure this is done right. Mm-hmm. So I went to detox. I was there for like four days. Oh, my God, I should write a book about the stories that went on detox. That was so hilarious. I, I really, you have to laugh about everything, right? Or you're never going to make it. And <laughs> that humor is a huge component of all this. So I went to detox. I was there for four or five days. I left there, went to outpatient treatment for um, about eight weeks, four hours a day, every day. I got myself wow. a really good therapist, a really good psychiatrist, and I went to AA meetings every day. And mind you, I lived in central Phoenix, so it's all Hispanic, 90% Hispanic in central Phoenix. So I was going to AA meetings where hardly anybody spoke any English, but my ass was there. Wow. And I just slowly but surely went through one thing So, and, and stayed sober. So then that's commitment. Oh yeah. yeah. I was, I, you talk about commitment. Like your yeah. I was like, this is going to be the new me. This is yeah. it. And I was 40 years old at that time. And you know, excuse me. I was like, I have got to do this. This, this is the time. And I want to go back to school. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I signed up for school. Um, Did you because know what you, you wanted to go to school for. Already? No, not, okay, so I, I wanted just... to be a nurse practitioner. Okay. That's really? originally was wow. going to be a nurse practitioner. Cause I wanted to work for a, um, a plastic surgeon and do um, lip injections and okay. eye, you know, Botox. Botox and stuff like that. So um, I, you know, you have a lot of time on your hands when you can leave after five because you're not drunk. <laughs> so you can like do a lot of stuff, right? You can get that list done. Yeah. Absolutely. And I really, I really have to give some kudos to Dr. Phil because Life Strategies, that book, I read it first drunk. It didn't work. But the second time <laughs> when I read it cold sober, it changed my life. It really, really? did. That's what's in, when he was in his new thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, I was actually invited onto his show. I think I told right. you that. Right. Yeah. And um, to talk about it. But anyways, uh, Andre Agassi bumped me, but we'll get past that. Anyways. So, <laughs> but I was in LA for that, but it was really cool. Um, so anyways, um, I said, I want to go back to school. So I went back to school just to get my general studies. And um, as I was in there, I was, as time was going on, I saw that um, the nursing program was two, three years waiting at that time. It was a big surge on the nursing program. So I just said, I'll get all my general studies under my belt, and then I'll go from there. So then my mom got really ill. I moved back here. 
I separated from my husband for a year because we were going through baby mama drama, all that shit that was making me drink. And I was and his stepdaughter and I just said, okay, stop the music. You stay here. I'm going home. I'm going to take care of my mom. Got my mom. I couldn't go back to school because my mom was in needed me a lot. Uh, my husband and I got back Taylor. It's a long story short. By this time now, I'm 46. So I went to, I said, it's time to go back to school. And I went to the University of Michigan. I got my undergrad in social work. And then I got my master's through state. I didn't want to. I had to. Um, <laughs> Let's make that clear. I, I didn't have a choice. They had the accelerated program there. So um, I, and then I got my master's degree in social work. And the reason why I went for social work is because in Michigan, if you have a psych degree, you can't work in private practice unless you're a doctor. And I was going to be too old. I didn't want to, you know, do, become get a doctorate. It was going to take too long. So um, I can work in private practice now. So I'm I'm ahead of my goal of being in private practice by five years. So. Wow. wow. Yeah. So you. I graduated in 2012. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. It's always something. I'm always working on something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a great journey. I mean, I've learned a lot. A lot has happened. Um, it's been eye-opening and very what, lonely. What's been eye-opening? In a lot of ways. Um, who actually cares if you're successful, who um, admires you for it, and who is jealous of you for it. Um, that goes along with sobriety, too. A lot of people, everybody, misery loves company. Right. And a were lot there, of people aren't happy. Were there others in your family that are that struggle with alcohol? Oh, um, sure. At, at one point or another in their right. lives, for sure. It's a family history. Most families they have, have a biology under, of right. it, plus a situational Thing that goes along with it and we had a lot of trauma so that was the situation and the anxiety and but also um anxiety depression and alcoholism runs in my family um i have a couple of brothers one's getting sober right now his you know they usually transpire into one another thing they go from like alcohol mm -hmm. to pain pills to right to marijuana weed. to weed yeah, or whatever it may be now. yeah mm -hmm. so um you know everybody's pulling it together Good. You know, I was kind of one of the first ones to really, well, besides my other brother, but to to reel it in and decide that this was a better way of life for me. But you got to go about it the right way or you're going to relapse mm -hmm. and that's not going to happen. So that'll be 20 years. I'll be sober in August. Wow. wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that really that is. is. Thank you. Uh, go back to what you were saying, how, um, you know, what you learned during that time about the people around you and your environment. Did you have to change who you surrounded yourself no, with? No, no, because they'll do that for you. Don't worry about that. They're going to leave you before you're going to want to leave that. Leave them. I mean, like I don't mind being around people who drink or party. I don't care. I actually feel sorry for people who need to get that high now because trust me, I've done my share <laughs> of, of partying. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't judge anybody about any of that stuff. I'm just glad it's not me. A lot of things happen. People judge. They, they look at themselves and they think, um, she's making me look bad. How come she's got it all together, you know, got it all together, according to them, and I don't? How can she do this? Why was it easier for her when it wasn't easy mm -hmm. at all? I mean, I wanted to be anybody but me when I was suffering in my deepest parts of my addiction, you know. But um, it's just people who have trouble People who um, are battling their own demons and don't do anything about it are going to take it out on somebody else. Don't you think everybody's battling something? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But and, and they're not necessarily drinkers or smokers. No. or. Mm -hmm. But everybody has something. A demon yeah. in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think they call that the shadow. 
Oh. Yeah, shadow work. I'm sure you've heard of that. Right, right. Yeah, that's whatever it is that that you go to. Like, you know, I call it going down the rabbit hole. You know, when you hit that spot in your day or, or your week or whatever where you're like, oh, God, not, I don't want to think about this, but I'm going to think about this. And it's usually regret. Regret for something you should have done, that you wish you had done, or and you feel like it's too late now. There's nothing worse than somebody who has given up on their ideals of what is going to make their life better. Right. And they just toss in the towel, it's too late for me. You know, it's just too late for me, I'm too old. And it's like, no, no one's ever too old. Honest right. to God, really too old. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, especially today when we're living to, what, 100? Sure. I feel like, too, we lost a couple of years in the pandemic. So, you know, those years don't really count. You yeah. Know? Like, you, you gained a few. <laughs> right. Like. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of the pandemic, so your business has exploded. Yes. Which, yeah. um, is that a good thing that, uh, you know, more people are seeking therapy? Or is it a bad thing that more people need therapy? Um I always think it's a good thing. I mean, if we were living in L.A. right now, everybody has a therapist. It's not a thing to think, be shamed about. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on what community and what city you live in, if anybody is open to therapy. Um, therapy's a good thing. I mean, I'm not constantly telling people what to do or anything. I'm listening. I'm supporting. I'm their biggest cheerleader. I'm, you know, helping them to understand what they have a distorted view of. So... A lot of people have come in because they feel stuck. I think I'm getting more into the uh, groove of people that are stuck in their lives. Like you and I were talking about, Jackie, about the great resignation that has gone on right now. I truly believe that is the best thing that happened from the pandemic because so many people are reevaluating their lives and what they want and who they want to be around and the way they want to live and how they want to make their money. So what's, what's the great resignation? What are they resigning from? From their nine to fives. From everything they've done forever that has eaten them alive, that they've depended on their 401k or whatever it may be, do it, staying at the, with the golden handcuffs at a job right. they absolutely hate because of the money. I think that's what the pandemic taught us. That is a positive. Right. You know, that it has taught us that family is more important than going to work every day. In the area I live in, there's a lot of people that work in the auto industry. They work seven days a week. Right. They don't even know their children. You know, uh, being consumed with work is not the best thing. It isn't. It's not what it means in the long run. It's just so, just a way to make money. So you're, seeing, so you're seeing clients who are experiencing this, who are deciding to step back or step away. Yes. And what are they what are they choosing to do next? That's uh, that takes a while to decide. So I've talked about this before, and I talked about this on um, your po- our podcast or your podcast before. Is that you always have a side hustle, and this was pre pandemic. You do what you have to do to make your money, to make your money and survive, to keep your family alive, whatever it is. I, I my, my goal, my idea is make the maximum amount of money for the least amount of work, okay? Right. Especially if you don't like what you're doing. Then you have your side hustle, which is what you like to do that hope, one day you hope to God to make money at. And so you always have those two going, going on. And then eventually, maybe, maybe the one that you, your side hustle that you enjoy so much will make money for you. And then you can unload your other job or at least do both. Right. Right. So and so you're helping people see mm-hmm. that there's a way mm-hmm. for a lot of people. I, also, I see a lot of women, a lot of wives. It's, I've kind of honed it down to that. I have a special few men that I do see. But um, women who 
have raised their children or, um, you know, had a career forever or are changing their lives around or realize they feel that they're unworthy or not needed any longer. And then they come to me and say, I just feel stagnant. I'm depressed. I deal a lot with depressed women, you know, very depressed women. And one of the weird things is, is that so many women, if they have a husband who's working in their home, that leads to the depression lasting longer. See, if they had to get up off their butts and get out there and hustle to make money to put a roof over their head, it wouldn't last as long. So it's about recreating, reshaping, and understanding why you're doing what you're doing mm -hmm. and how to make it better for yourself. You know, figure out what it is you like. Some women, some people that I deal with don't even know what color is their favorite color. They don't even know what they like to do. They don't even have any, formulate any ideas of their own because they've been living either at work all the time or under someone else's rule or um, in an abusive relationship or whatever it may be. So it's about identifying who you are and what you need in your life. Mm, that's good. Yeah, that is that's good. really good. Um, and well, that's where I start, like yeah. literally, what's your color? Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need you to tell me what your favorite color is. Now, it, does it matter what color they tell you? Or no. is it just that they know that they have a favorite color? They have one thing that they can say about themselves that they like. I like the color red. Okay. Or whatever it may be. Right? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, start somewhere. What that and making your bed. I'm sorry to mean. Oh no, making your bed. Yeah, yeah. I still can't get into that, but I know. Oh, it changes. I, I know. I know it's, it's important. I mean, why do you think they make you do it in the military? Do they? To, oh yeah, it's like the first and foremost thing you have to do, and it has to really? be made a certain way that shapes the way you think and feel. Everybody needs a schedule every right. day. You Did need you to live that? by a schedule. A plan. No, I didn't. A plan. I'm sorry. I a plan. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about what I was going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were thinking about your color. But yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But it helps. It really helps you to stay focused because you feel kind of all over the place. So if you know you get up at this time, I make my bed, I take my shower, I work out, and then I do this, then I do that. Now it's time for lunch. Then it's structure. time for structure. You need that structure in order to get your head structured. I just did a TikTok in this on cleaning out my closet. So, and I went in, I cleaned out my closet and literally mentally and physically, you have to do that on occasion. So you feel organized. What was one of the biggest struggles that people had during the pandemic? Um, fear. Fear just of basic fear, fear of, well, you know, we haven't been through a pandemic in what, 106 years? Mm -hmm. You can give me the exacts on that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> 1918. The last one flu, was. The Spanish flu. Absolutely, with the Spanish flu. So anybody who says anything about how you should handle the pandemic, you can just tell them to be quiet. Okay. No one's been it through it in this room. No one we know has been through it, unless you have a very old grandparent, right? Mm -hmm. And the way you deal with the pandemic is however you can cope with it right now. So it's the small things. No one can tell you how you need to feel. A lot of people are just terrified. And so they act out and they don't know what to do. So there's drinking and indulgence, over-exercising, all kinds of things. It's not all negative things. There's a bit, you know, over-exercising can be bad, you know, starving yourself or um, uh, over-indulging or too much sex or jumping from relationship to relationship. It's about regaining focus and figuring out what do I need to do to feel better about this circumstance because I am literally hanging out to dry here. I don't know what the hell to do with myself. And I think no one knew... No one knew where to turn to get answers. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed There's to feel? No one, yeah. How am I supposed to proceed? I, I, I guess yeah. I was kind of surprised, though, that so many people were struggling with that because 
everybody was in the same boat. It wasn't like you could, you know, look on social media and somebody else's life was going great. They, everybody was in the same boat. Doesn't mm-hmm. that sort of make you feel better? Well, well, yeah, but in reality, no one, it's like two people hanging onto a life raft in a storm. <laughs> you know, you're okay. both like going, do you got me? No, do you got me? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, we don't really know how to support each other because it's never happened before. Mm-hmm. And I think there were so many things that we didn't, you know, groceries and toilet paper and, right. sure. and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, you know, I'm not working. He's not working. Who's, you know, are we going to get paid? And, right. Um, yep. When can we go back out to eat? Or when can I go to my son's, you know, sure. right. mm-hmm. event or my daughter's, mm-hmm. you know, recital or whatever. I think there were so many things that people didn't know about and they lost control. And and that's the key. You have no control. So radical acceptance, which is a DBT term uh, for borderline personality disorder patients. Um, radical acceptance is a radical acceptance of... You have no control over this situation, so you are just going to accept it. You're just going to say, this is how it is right now. This is what I taught my patients. This is how it is right now. I am going to go do ABC today, and I will start over again tomorrow. And then I will do ABCD again tomorrow, and then the next day. And you just, I call it yoga mind. Just one foot in front of the other. Don't to think too much about it. Don't let your mind go wild. What if, oh my God, I'm never going to see grandma. I'm never going to see my husband. What am I going to do? My kids, this and that. What if everybody I know dies? No, we are just going to function. What's for dinner? What are we going to do next? How are we going to find some joy? We're going to go outside and get some sunlight. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. So one foot in front of the other kind of thing, because there really is nobody to turn to, to get support because they haven't been through it. difficult time going through the pandemic like what generation would you say oh the younger generation of course and I think they're having a hard time getting back into the swing of it yeah absolutely because I mean it's like hey you can't even go to school even if you hate it you can't go and you can't do anything you have to sit at home and sit on electronics they really had a hard time but also parents Parents were like, I don't like my kids. <laughs> I, and I'm dead I've serious. I've been saying that for years. No. <laughs> you ain't getting rid of us now, honey. You're here They're to not stay. going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of parents were like, my kid's an asshole. I can't send them to uh, daycare. I can't do this. I can't ship them off here mm-hmm. or there. And they were really struggling with their kids. Mm-hmm. Really, really struggling handling their kids. And oh my God, you know, how many people got divorced or in the yes. midst of a divorce? So many relationships imploded. Just like, I, you know, you'd see be ships passing in a night. Right. It's doable. Right. 20 years later, it's doable. I see it. Well, hey, yeah, what do you want to eat? Okay, goodbye, good night. Don't touch me. Okay. <laughs> Those are the three things that happen every day. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But then during the t- pandemic, it's like, you're still here? Oh, my God. You know, what are we going to do? How are we going to get away from each other? And a lot of people ended their marriages or they bonded. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a whole lot of bonding, but I did see really? a lot of marriages end. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a tough one. And so the the other part of this is now it seems like everything's opened back up. Everything's mm-hmm. back in, you know, back to. But I keep hearing this, you know, people are struggling to adjust to the new normal. Mm-hmm. What is a new normal? It seems like everything's like the old normal. No masks. Uh, no, I mean, 
Places well, are busy. Restaurants are busy. Bars are busy. Well, everybody's different. Like, actually, I forgot to put my mask on before I got out of the car today. I wear my mask everywhere I go. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. I wear it everywhere I go, I'm, and so does my husband. So is that a new normal for you? Um, it will be for a while. I mean, and we're, we're, we're triple vaxxed, okay. you know, but it doesn't matter. I just, you know, I want to protect others. I want to protect him. I don't want any kind of COVID, no matter what. You know, the long hauler stuff that's going on that I've seen in my own family, which terrorizes me to death. You know, I don't want to be on COPD medication for the rest of my life or blood clots and all that kind of stuff. So the new, you know, thing, we will never be as we were. Just everybody just needs to forget it. It's just never going to be. We are new normal is going to have to be what we start building. And so as things change and as things start getting better and more liberties are able to be taken and we're be able when we're able to heal the people that actually have the disease, you know, and they live long through it. Long-term effects too. Yes, mm-hmm. and long the long haulers and the long-term effects. Um, then we'll finally figure out what our new normal is, but we'll never be what we were. You know, it's going to... So is that what people are... When people say that they're having a hard time getting to or accepting the new normal, is that what they're talking about? I, I think so. I think what they're having a hard time accepting is that other people who don't agree with their normal. So mm. they have an okay. idea of what their new normal is, but if they see other people not, you know, abiding by that. So which like is, if you're wearing a mask and somebody else isn't wearing a mask yeah. and you get the evil eye or whatever. Oh, that's, yeah, that's common. Okay. But like, even if you want to go over to somebody's house, there's people that aren't allowing people into their home still, you know, or not having parties or still very worried. Um, I just called my girlfriend. I want to fly out to LA for a few, for a week. And and I'm like, dude, I'm, I, you know, I'll be out there. You know, I, w- I want to come see you, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I, I want to see you really bad too, but my f- boyfriend's mother's 89 and I'm scared to death if you catch it on the plane, mm-hmm. even with a mask on, that you could give it to me and I could give it to him and I could kill his mother. Wow. So I'm like, oh, shit. All right. Well, we'll figure it out when you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to judge her or be pissed. It's right. Like, when you feel right. comfortable, then I'll fly out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think everybody's got a different level of what makes them comfortable. And right. some people are like, okay, like you, okay, when, yeah. when you feel good. But yeah. other people are like, get over it. Like, sure. why are, you know, I think people are having right. a hard time. So mm-hmm. just because it's good for me doesn't mean it's going to be good for yeah. you. And people yeah. are struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, I've are, never seen so much judging going on yeah. other than when the we pandemic. had this conversation. Right. We, yeah. we were yeah. all sick over New Year's. And mm-hmm. um, so I went and got tested and I, I was so I was wearing my mask to pick up a prescription at the grocery store and I was in line and there was probably about I don't know 15 20 people standing around me and I so you know they're probably sick if they're picking up a, a prescription. prescription yeah <laughs> and we're all in line and everyone was staring at me and I was like I have my big ass coat on I looked my normal <laughs> level of homeless like I'm like why yeah. is everyone <laughs> looking at me right now and I realized it was because I was wearing a mask and I was annoyed for weeks about it. How oh, I know. Sure. I kept saying maybe it wasn't because you had a mask on. And maybe. I was like, there's just no other reason. I like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like I wasn't like looking cute it, or I wasn't looking particularly sure. terrible. And it's like it was to me that somebody gives a F. Yeah. Like yeah. who cares if you want to wear a mask or don't want to wear sure. a mask? Why do you business? give a shit yeah. with somebody else? Oh yeah. Well oh, what's yeah. important so to them? Like why do you care? I know. And, and of course me, I can be an asshole on occasion. And my eyes are like above my mask going, just say one thing. 
Say something. Yeah. Say one thing. Because I'm going to go viral. This is going to be my next next TikTok. I'm going to go ballistic. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I just think it's, like I said, you know, it's up to everybody how they want to handle this. So what are the pathways? How do you handle it? How do you get back into things? What do you tell people? Well, basically, it's it, what you can, what, what, what works for you. Whatever works for you, slow and steady, you know, open yourself up to small things. Um, for God's sakes, if you're starting to, still starting to reduce your life, you know, and not get out there at all, that's not healthy whatsoever. The healthiest thing to do is take small baby steps, wear your mask, and wear your mask forever. I mean, they do in China and Japan right. all the time, right. you know, when they're socially interacting or, you know, on a subway or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm going to wear a mask always on a plane because every time I fly, I get sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every time I fly, I get sick. Now, if I wear a mask, maybe I won't. That'd be yeah. awesome, right? Every right. time I land, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sick again, right? When I was in New York City, um, they asked for your card everywhere mm-hmm. you go to eat. And people, are, I was in New York right before you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are having a shit fit. I'm like, here you go. Hey, yeah, we'll, and, you, and know, you came back have sick. At it. I did come back every sick. time and you I, go to New was, York. Let me just point first, that out. No, I think it's a similar. Sick. I come back sick when I travel, but um, yeah. Well, okay. The first time when I came <laughs> back right before the shutdown, I got COVID from a trip to New York. Yeah. But it was I was very sick. But. Um, so she she will not let that go. <laughs> Every time we go to New York, you get yeah, sick. she calls me patient zero of Michigan because yeah. I came back from New York as the pandemic was happening. But um, no, like I wore my mask everywhere, and it wasn't even like I don't know, like no, like you know, in the outdoor spaces. But it was around the holidays, and it was yeah. packed, and I was just. I don't know. I don't usually wear my mask in Michigan just because I feel like we're more spread out, you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. But when I was there, I wore it the entire time and I still came back sick. <laughs> yeah, like, you have damn. to wear Broadway shows, everything. Yep. Yeah, you, get, yeah. Or you have to leave. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's all what you can handle. That's all I ever say to my patients is, what can you handle? What can you live with? Um, what can you deal with? But you should make slow, steady progress, you know, branching out just a little bit. But, you know, that's a whole different story. If so, no one's been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. If they haven't been vaccinated, then I highly suggest you're careful, extremely careful, and wear a mask everywhere you go. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Liz, and oh, sharing your you. story yes. and your you. your dependency, your codependency, <laughs> and inspirational. And people who are who are experiencing some of the same things, I'm sure, will make connections and will um, seek out help. Absolutely. As an, as an that's, inspiration. That's my whole point: is uh, uh, seek help and um, learn to understand that um, there's nothing wrong in talking to somebody about what's going on inside your head. As we always say, you don't want to be walking around up there by yourself. Take an escort, <laughs> like me. Take an escort, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, that that's good. a whole other show, how do you get rid of the roommates? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we do have Liz coming. Yes. We'd like to invite yeah, you to come yeah. back yeah. And, ha- and talk some more about the I feel like topic. there's never enough time, Yes, especially with to. this topic. I would know? love to. It's hot Thank and heavy. You. And... Um, and this is free therapy, really. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not going to help Rocky and I. We we we're, we need couples therapy, yeah. honey. <laughs> do you do couples therapy? Yes, I do. Right. That's enough. always a wild one. Oh, <laughs> we might have to talk about that on the next will, episode. We'll, we'll take you on Liz, a trip Thank for you sure. so much. And how can thank people you. find you? Um, on Psychology Today under Liz Reed. Um, also, you can find me at Liz Life Guru. I have my old podcast is out. And at Liz Life Guru on Instagram and on TikTok. Wow. Like, subscribe, and follow Thank the Nuna you. Show and Liz Reed for Thank additional you. information on a variety of topics. 
Okay. Thank you. And, well, we can't wrap up without one game-changing idea. So we kind of talk, touch, touched on this earlier today um, about taking care of yourself. That's actually what the whole premise of the show was. But do you feel like you're on a hamster wheel all the time where you're spending all your time taking care of things that are urgent and things that you need to take care of instead of really working on some things that you want to take care of? Here's the reality. All of us get 168 hours a week, 168 hours. So you have to assess how you use that time. If you divide it equally, uh, you, you have sleep, you have work, and you have family. So if you divided that equally, it's 56 hours of sleep, which is eight hours a night, 56 hours of work, eight hours a day, and 56 hours of family or entertainment, whatever. You've got to decide what part of that can you allocate for me time? What can you work on that lights you up, that isn't for somebody else, uh, that isn't for a paycheck, um, that isn't urgent, that isn't needed, but something that you want to do? How can you reassess those hours, reallocate them? Um, maybe you don't sleep 10 hours. Maybe you train yourself to sleep seven hours and that's still healthy. Uh, maybe you don't stay at the office 70 hours a week because really 70 hours a week, are you really working all 70 hours or how much of that time is uh, socializing? How much of that time is uh, being on the internet, just doing time that's not, you know, waste, or it's wasting time. Um, can you take your 70 hour work week and make it 40 hours or 35 hours um, if you have a long drive time from work, which maybe adds to your workday, what can you be listening to on your way home? Uh, if you're thinking about writing a book, maybe you could be listening on your hour drive, a podcast show that talks about how to write a book. Um, family, entertainment, how much of that time is waiting on other people, serving other people, uh, taking care of other people's needs? How much of that time can you limit and give some of that time to yourself. Can you start saying, okay, you know what? Of that 168 hours a week, I'm going to start with eight hours of that a week if I have to divide it up over five days or whatever, and it's going to be to work on my new book or work on my project or work on knitting or work on something that's going to light your soul, something that makes you feel good, something that is about you for you. So that's the game-changing idea for the week, 168 hours how can you reallocate it so that you give some time for you? That's a great tip. Awesome. Great tip. Yep. Awesome. Love that. Yeah. Thank you. Love it. All right. And we've got our beautiful fortune cookies that are this Guccini. Guccini made. style. <laughs> the teacher. Handcrafted. Yeah. <laughs> designer Guccini. Yeah. Oh, Guccini does yeah. sound like a designer. It does. Ooh. All right. So fortune cookies, we toss the cookies up in whatever way the prongs face. That means that fortune was meant for you. I will do the honors. Ooh. All right. This one's for me. Oh, that blue one's mine. Yeah. This one's for me. That gray one's yours. All right. I think when we should. When you. In therapy. Oh, okay. In therapy. Yeah. We're going to add in therapy. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, a soft voice may be awfully persuasive in therapy. Ooh. Ooh. I have. At the touch of love, everyone becomes a poet. Ooh. In therapy. Like that. 
A smile is your personal welcome mat in therapy. Mine says, a faithful friend is a strong defense in therapy. That is a good one. That's good. Excellent. Well done. Thank you for joining us. And we definitely are going to have you come back and join us again. Continue on in our conversation. We'll consider this part one with part two soon to follow. Yes. And remember, the only mode of transportation is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith. And we'll see you soon. Remember, like, subscribe, and follow The Nooner Show on Podcast Nation. 